Let's get into today's topic of dreams coming true and mountain climbing in the world of sports. This is Edmund Hillary himself being interviewed. He's passed away at age 88, but listen to him talk to you about what's involved in climbing the biggest mountain in the world, Mount Everest. One of the effects of, of high altitude is it's a little bit like having a dose of influenza almost being at, at high altitude. The, a lot of your energy and a lot of your drive tends to be sapped. And people feel uh, fit and able to cope with altitude at different times, even during uh, a single, you know, the few months of an expedition. So obviously you've got to get people who are well acclimatized, who have the drive and the enthusiasm at the right time in order to sort of throw them towards the summit and say, go to it. It's not just being fit, Sir Edmund Hillary. And it, it is conceivable, though in actual fact, I mean, Tenzing and I were fit throughout the expedition. It would be conceivable that at the start of an expedition, there might be uh, a couple of people who, who would have been more suited to the summit than later on. But there was, I don't think there was much doubt. At the latter stages of the expedition, we were very fit and we were very strong. So we were selected by the expedition leader, who was John Hunt, as the people to put in the final shove. You don't have to make any apologies. You were the best guys to do it. We reached the, um, the south summit of Everest, which is 28,700 feet. And then we looked along the summit ridge, which is quite an impressive narrow ridge. It's corniced on one side, which is overhanging with snow and ice. So you can't keep on the, the crest of the ridge. Uh, we had to keep down on the steep left-hand side on snow and ice. But halfway along the ridge, there's a rock step. It's about 40 feet high. And that's the rock step that's kept everyone before him from getting to the top. Listen to how he figured out, due to his drive, you're either going to make it, buddy, or you're not. Listen to how he figured it out. And I cut steps along the, the side of the ridge until we reached the, the bottom of the rock step. And looking up at the rock step, at 29,000 feet, it really did look extremely difficult to overcome. But then I noticed that out to the right of the rock step, where the ice was plastered onto the wall, mm. there was a crack, I don't know, maybe two feet wide, but just large enough to crawl inside, where the ice was breaking away from the rock. His mind's going a million miles an hour. i got to figure out how to get up this 40-foot rock step. And I sort of crawled inside that, and then I wriggled and jammed my way um, up the crack with rock on one side and ice on the other and finally pulled myself out uh, onto the top of the rock step. And that was really the first moment during the whole of the expedition that I was confident that we were going to get to the top. Edmund Hillary. But overcoming that rock step, which we knew existed, we'd seen it from far below, uh, made me feel the confidence uh, that we were going to succeed. And sure enough, on we went, and uh, we ultimately reached the top. Funnily enough, that step is now called the Hillary Step. And uh, any climber who uh, climbs Everest uh, from that south side, at some stage, has to go up the Hillary Step. Doesn't he make it sound easy? Listen to a 60 Minutes from Australia about Michael Groom, who's climbed Everest 17 times. Listen to the fact that he's lost all his toes, all 10 toes and most of his foot from frostbite. But this plumber from Australia has to climb. He has to make those dreams come true. 
Michael Groom has seen more Himalayan summits than any other Australian. This is footage from one of his 17 previous expeditions. The intended route takes a diagonal break from right to left up to the summit ridge and then we follow the summit ridge up to the summit. But whether we'd actually do it or not, we'll have to wait and see. The former Brisbane plumber is drawn to these mountains. But frostbite has already cost him all ten toes and much of both feet. Mm. What's it like to be on the top of the world, Michael Groom? And this is me on the summit at two o'clock in the afternoon. So you really do know that you're standing on the top of the world? Oh, definitely, because it's, it's not much bigger than a, a dining room table or, or a bathtub itself. Um, so there's not much room actually to stand. It uh, drops off in all directions, off all sides. Is it worth it, though, to lose your toes, to nearly die going up there? Listen to Michael Groom tell you, it absolutely is. But uh, this black mark here represents the frostbite that I received um, in the last few days. Good heavens, Michael, I mean, is it really worth it? Well, you'd have to think, looking at it, that it's, it's not, but um, we all realise the risks involved, and you accept those risks, or you don't play the game. Play the game. Climbing a mountain, it's a metaphor for life. Many of us get close, and we just don't get there. We don't think like Edmund Hillary. What do I got to do now to get up that rock step? Listen to a man who didn't make it. Came so close. Dr. John Tasky, a Brisbane anaesthetist and former SAS commando, was one of those who paid to climb with Michael Groom. But 300 metres short of the summit, he calculated he had neither the oxygen nor the energy to safely go on. So close. Almost within my grasp. Uh, extremely. At the time I felt uh, very depressed and, and uh, disappointed but certain that the, that the decision was correct. It was a decision that probably saved your life? In retrospect, yes. He was on that expedition in 1996 to Everest where quite a few people died. He turned around within 300 metres of the top but it saved his life. What's it like up there when the weather gets crazy? Listen to them talk about taking risks, like we all have to do in life. On earlier climbs, Michael Groom has experienced extremes of Himalayan weather. Once, he tumbled 900 metres in an avalanche. But he says this blizzard was worse than anything. The 80 to 100 knot winds, the temperature was probably uh, down to about minus 40 and visibility was now four or five meters. But they still do it because we all have to do it. You want to have a blasé life? Good for you. You want to make dreams come true? That's climbing a mountain. In art, in sports, in surgery, I don't care what you do for a living. There's going to be that Hillary step. You're going to have to figure it out. And coming up next, I'm going to tell you about Tito Jackson. Oh my God. Nine kids in a three-bedroom home in Gary, Indiana. They looked out the window and saw just clouds. You're going to hear Tito Jackson say, that was our dream of mountains in Southern California. What a story. We'll get into it. Coming up next, you're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN.
Holy Emoji Clap Man. Weekend Warriors on Facebook. Holy Slip Disc. That's right, Robin. Hear listeners talk about their aches and pains. Holy Hamstrings. Along with Doc's Clapper Vision. Breathe deeply. And advice to callers. On your toes, Robin. So like, follow, and enjoy. A wise decision. The Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Frankly, I can think of nothing more stimulating. 